Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uncharted Podcast. You might notice that I'm not Dr. Andy Work, or am I the infamous and the famous Stephanie Personal Jesus Goss. I'm Jamie Holmes, and I'm the admin for DrAndyRourke.com and Uncharted Veterinary Conference. And I have given Dr. Andy Rourke and Stephanie Goss the day off today. I wanted the opportunity to give you a peek behind the curtain at Uncharted Veterinary Conference, which is near and dear to my heart. I am a proponent of wellness in teams. And at this last conference, I talked about wellness resources for a whole team and how to build a wellness plan, why it's important and how to get it done. So I'd like to give you the opportunity to take a listen to that. And if you enjoy this, we'd love to have you join Uncharted. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. So I was super excited when VetSource said, we would like to sponsor a talk about wellness. And I went and I looked at their core values and I went and I looked at their mission and their values. um, And I said, does this actually tie in? Does it not? How does this work? And one of the things that they say right away on their website is they want to help make the right choices, help veterinarians make the right choices for them, for their patients and their practices. And I was like, that's exactly what setting up a wellness program within your hospital is about. It's making the right choices with the right tools. I was like, this is perfect. So here we are. So we're going to talk about wellness resources for having um, a whole team clicker is on this time. There we go. So how many of you have heard the phrase, leave your problems at home? Leave your, so it's phrased a lot of different ways, but leave your problems at work at work and your problems at home at home. You'll have one problem to solve at a time. That's a really great idea. The problem is, is that in today's world, mental health concerns are impacting your business, whether you know it or not. And the idea that we're asking people to leave their problems at the door is actually unrealistic. And if you can look at your own lives, the things that you struggle with, whether the cat got out that morning, you spilled your coffee, um, or you are having a mental health challenge and how hard it is to do your regular job, where it's really hard to ask our employees who have less experience, less training, Um, and just don't necessarily have that support system. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about how we build a wellness program for your whole team. Why are we doing it? Well, a report from the Mental Health in the Workplace Summit in 2018 tells us that mental illness is the leading cause of disability in adults age 15 to 44. That's a huge, huge number. So it's more than any other illness or injury. More days are lost to absenteeism due to mental health than to any other illness or injury. One in five US adults has experienced a mental health issue in the last year. And only 43 of those people, 43% of those people have actually received treatment. Uh, 
I don't know what a trillion dollars looks like. Have any of you seen a trillion dollars? If you haven't, you should go to Phil's lecture because he's going to talk about how to make more money. But mental illness is costing the global economy $1 trillion in lost productivity, with over 300 million people suffering from depression. This year, the World Health Organization officially recognized burnout. Burnout is an occupational phenomenon. Burnout is not classified as a medical condition. It's classified as a syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. They classify burnout by three factors. It is specific to occupational situations. It should not be applied to other areas of your life. So some of you will recognize this from other areas in your life. Feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Increased mental distance from one's job, feelings of negativity or cynicism related to one's job. And the scary one for us, reduced professional efficacy. Nobody wants a surgeon in that situation. The costs of chronic disease, work-related injuries, illness, stress, and employee disengagement in the United States surpassed $2.2 billion, trillion dollars each year. That's 12% of the gross domestic product. SHRM, who's the Society for Human Resource Management, has been putting out studies about this, and they've actually started to see a trend where employers are starting to look at this because they recognized that people who are looking for jobs are looking at this information. So 80% of employers are now providing resources for mental health, um, or at least information for how people can access it. 70% have workplace programs for wellness and mental health. We are very far behind that trend, and that needs to change. Um, there are, there's so much room for improvement, and we can do this. Why do we want to do it? Well, we're going to talk about a return on investment for workplace health. Um, that's going to be another one of our lectures, so that's another one that you're going to want to hit. Um, in my reading, there is no specific return on investment. So there's lots of studies out there. Um, the one that I found that has been cited the most often um, is from uh, uh, 2015, and it showed that at that point, wellness programs returned um, $2.38 for every dollar invested. Um, that's a huge, huge investment. So that's something that we want to be looking at. 40% of millennials, 40% of millennials are choosing jobs based off of what is being offered for workplace wellness, regardless of whether or not they use the program. So if it's a gym membership, they may never use it. They may choose it, the employer, because it is offered, because it shows that they care about their employees and that they are invested in their wellness and their well-being. So we're making a statement right away in our benefits packages that they're looking at. 
before they ever walk through the door, before they ever set foot in it, before they ever sit through a team meeting, they're making a judgment call about how we feel about our employees. Marianne Baton, who is part of the Great West Life Center for Mental Health in the Workplace, tells us that the responsibility of the workplace is asking an employee, how can I help you be successful at work? And this is something that I've seen people run into where they say, but this is work. I pay them to be here. This is not my responsibility. This is your responsibility. You need to ask your employees, how can I help you be successful here? And if they do not have work-life balance, if they do not have, if they're struggling with burnout, if they don't have access to the resources, we're not helping them be successful at work. We're not providing them with the right tools. So we're gonna look at how we're gonna do that. And it's not just setting up um, a yoga program, a gym, a meditation class. It's not just about offering um, a movie night once a month. There are lots of things that we need to do to make a will, uh, wellness initiative impactful and successful and have it last. It is teamwork and healthy habits that are practice and company-wide. So you're, just like Kelly was saying, you know, we may not be able to recite it um, verbatim, but this is what our company stands for and wellness of the employees needs to be in that conversation. It's a culture shift. It feels really overwhelming, right? There's a lot of steps um, that we need to take. We can address mental and physical health in the workplace um, in the same way we do everything else in veterinary medicine. It's a team sport. No one expects the Newfoundland um, that needs a pyometra surgery to end up on the table and have surgery and it just be the one person who's doing all of it, right? That's, it's not gonna happen. It's a team sport and everybody has to be involved. Um, there are intentional steps that we can take and you guys need to remember that we're in this together. We're a team um, and from the, the first, uh, the first lecture that I gave, I still think it is really important. This is your tribe and these are your people. Um, you have your own tribe there, you have your tribe here, and what we do to protect those people is really, really important. So keep, keep those things in mind. How do we do it, right? So now we know we need to do it, now we know the reasons why we need to do it, now we need to know how to do it. Well. Take your team. Um, it's really, really important that they have an opportunity to talk to you about what matters to them because wellness is very individual. Um, as Katie Berlin and uh, Kelsey Carpenter know, if you're gonna set up a running club, it's not gonna help me out. I'm not gonna participate. I'm happy to cheer you on. I'll bring you water. I'll call the paramedics for you. But that's not the wellness program for me. So that's something that we want to keep in mind is that we want to take it to the team and we want to ask them genuine questions um, in this wellness initiative. We want to find out what options they're most interested in 
and how they would like to participate. We want to include questions that would help um, us identify what would help them um, maintain sustained participation and what environmental factors could enhance wellness for them. Environmental factors is really an interesting one. So at Adobe Animal Hospital, one of the environmental factors that made a really big difference for us, we needed different chairs in, out, in our outpatient area. We had rolling stools. They were the wrong height for a bunch of people. If you got them all the way to the top for the really short people, then they wobbled. Like, and it was a really simple solution. Um, it required a little bit of research. We had to get a bunch of different chairs, try them out, and figure out what the right thing is. But that made a difference, and you know what? It stopped some back injuries, and it stopped some people from being really, really uncomfortable. So what's making people uncomfortable at work, and how can we support them in fixing that, that issue? So it may be as simple um, or as complicated as ergonomics, um, and it may be um, getting a heater for under the desk because the, it's too cold in the doctor's office. There are a lot of things that we can do to increase wellness that we don't think about because we haven't asked. I love Allison Rourke so much. The other thing that we have at our disposal already is wellness champions. We have people in our practice who are already doing wellness. They've got healthy habits. They're eating right. They are doing exercise programs that are doing all kinds of things, engage those people. Go to them and ask them if they would like to support this. And you know, they don't have to be weightlifters. I can be a wellness champion and you will not catch me doing this. <laughs> and if you know me and my candy habit, I don't have those healthiest habits, but I have some things that I could offer. So when you have people who are there, and it may be mental health people who are gonna be your champions. You've got a bunch of different people, use them. They're a resource in your practice, and it will make them feel good to be asked, and it will make them feel good to give back to your practice in a way that they are passionate about. Do not force participation in a wellness program. So anyone ever been through a ropes course challenge? Forced? Yeah, forced participation. I'm better now, but I had really bad falling fears. Not afraid of heights, terrified of falling. These were really, really hard. And if I made the choice that I was gonna do it because I wanted to overcome it, great. Um, you know, the forced trust falls that we had to do in like camp. The, the forced participation is really, really hard. Don't do it. It's a big mistake. Not everyone's gonna participate in wellness offerings. Um, and in fact, you are gonna put some things out there and no one but you and one other person is gonna show up. And sometimes you're gonna put something out there and only you are going to show up. So it's not a failure. You can try it, you can ask if it was a timing issue, all of those things, but don't make participation mandatory. Um, know that wellness is individual. Make small changes, make small steps. I know all of us 
almost all of us struggle with drinking water, that's a small step, right? It's a small step towards better wellness. So think about things that you can do that are small changes. It's incremental, and one of the things that we're gonna talk to you repeatedly, you're gonna hear the same message at Uncharted, is do not go back and try and make all of the changes at once in your practice. So please, while you're here, do not schedule craft night for next week. And do not schedule the 5K and sign up the whole team for the 5K for the following month. Like it doesn't all need to happen at once. You can start things incrementally. Ask people what they'd like to have happen. Um, and what's the most important thing to them? What would make them be more involved and invested? Jesse Jackson said, when everyone is included, everyone wins. I really agree with this. And I think that it's really important that we don't make a wellness initiative, whether it's mental health or physical fitness, for the person who is mentally ill or for the one person who likes to run in the practice. It's for everyone. And the more that we work on wellness through the entire practice, the more energy, the more excitement, the more wellness is in the practice. So remember the statistics that I gave you earlier on absenteeism? Your absenteeism will decrease as participation in these programs increases. So it is for everyone in the practice. And that includes you. Get the right training. Don't try this at home. If you don't have the right training, you won't be successful. So make sure that if you are going to be talking to team members about mental health, that you get the right training. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of support that's out there. Um, EAPs in specific um, are one of our favorite things um, at Uncharted. We are big, big, big proponents of EAPs. And you don't have to be a huge company to have an EAP. EAPs are designed to assist companies in addressing productivity issues and employees in identifying and resolving personal concerns. So do you ever feel like the issue that they're coming to you with, the struggle that they're having with daycare, elder care, finding a new apartment, relocating, financial issues, those things that are not your problem, right? And you're not qualified necessarily to help them through that program, through, the, through that issue. There are plenty of programs that are out there designed to help your employee with that program. So you're gonna use the resources that you have. You're gonna get training. We highly recommend that you take QPR training through the QPR Institute. It's question, persuade, and refer for suicide prevention. There's also mental health uh, certification, uh, mental health first aid, and then there are community resources. So you wanna be using those as well. I recommend that everyone in your practice take QPR training. It is inexpensive. It takes about 30 minutes. It's really well put together. And it will help your practice learn to talk to each other. 
This is gonna be a picture of Stephanie Goss's face. Take your lunch breaks. This is a key to wellness. You are a leader in your practice. Whether you, if you are here, in this room, regardless of whether or not your title has anything to do with leadership, you are a leader in your practice, in your class, wherever you're at, you are a leader. Take your lunch break, because if you are not taking your breaks, you are telling your employees that it is more important to work than to feed their brain. My boss takes lunch breaks. He leaves the office. And you know what, it's a really good example for me because I am really bad at doing this. But I see how important it is that he gets out and he does the thing. He goes out, he exercises, he eats his lunch, and he comes back. And you know what, it's a really good example and it has changed how I do work. So be the example in your practice. The bonus about this is we get the opportunity to be vulnerable in this wellness initiative. We get to talk to our employees about the areas that we struggle. And we can say, huh, our challenge this, this quarter is um, taking our lunch breaks on time. And make yourself a little checkbox and you're like, man, I blew it like three days this week and I only worked four days. <laughs> like, you get to be vulnerable, you get to talk to them about that. It's really important that we are open and we're vulnerable and we talk to our employees about suicide prevention. So break the stigma. Post four I save lives stickers on your lock boxes, post them in your break rooms, post them on the employee bathroom doors. I brought them with me. I have them for US, I have them for Canada. Please put them up. Talk to your employees about why you're doing it. Yes, the stealth and employee put them up is great. Feels good, right? They're on board. Talk to them about why this is important and why it matters to you. Because you care about them. And because you care about you. We have heard some very heart-wrenching stories from some of our own community members who have said, I was not in a great place. And I was sitting alone in the clinic and I realized that the drug box was unlocked and that I had access. And at that moment I said, yeah, this program matters. Not because they intended on doing anything at all, but because they realized how easy it would be. So tell your employees how much you care. This is a really simple, simple, simple way to do this. And it helps them because you're breaking the stigma surrounding mental health by talking about suicide prevention. Set goals around your wellness program that remind you that this is a solid business strategy and that it supports the unique needs of your employees. This isn't something you're doing because it's not a benefit. It is going to reduce absenteeism. 
How many of you are fully staffed right now? <laughs> How many of you are nervous to put your hand up at that question, right? How many of you would be better staffed if your employees would show up, right? So we wouldn't be struggling as hard there are, so it doesn't reduce, it doesn't eliminate the issue that there are tech shortages, it doesn't eliminate the issue that it's hard to hire people, but it, it does make it easier to hire people and it makes it easier to retain them and it makes, them easier, it makes it easier for them to show up to work. I threw this up for Jade. Thank you. You're welcome. Amateurs sit and wait for inspiration. The rest of us just get up and we go to work. So what are we gonna do? That's a really good question. So in your workbooks, there's a sheet that you have for this. <coughs> so you can fill it out now, you can think about it. But here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna ask yourself, what does a wellness program look in five years for your team? Are you winning a championship? Are you guys running a marathon together? What does wellness look like in five years for your team? What does it look like in a year? What three steps are you gonna take in the next eight weeks to make that change happen? So small steps are not enroll in a marathon unless you're already all running marathons. One of your first steps should be, I'm gonna to talk to my team, here's how I'm gonna do the survey. You're gonna use your available resources. So we have EAP. We have your health insurance company. So people don't think about this a lot, but your health insurance, if you offer health insurance to your employees, they have wellness programs and they have wellness incentives. Your workman's comp company is uniquely incentivized to help you with wellness, right? Because it reduces injury. Your local community resources, you probably already have things that are happening in the community that you can utilize. Utilize your vendor partners. They care. Royal Canaan, if you're like, hey, we're looking at doing like a weight loss challenge and you know, our employee, we got some employee pets that are a little overweight, we're thinking about doing like a walking challenge, they will get on board with you. Call them, talk to them about how they can help you and they will because they care. They, vendor partners are not there just to sell you things and stock your hospital. They are your partners. They are invested in your business thriving. They will help you. I want you to engage your wellness champions that are already in your practices. They are there, use them. They want to be involved. They want to lead change. I want you to write down your business goals for your wellness plan. I've put up a couple of suggestions. Reduce turnover and increase engagement. But your goals for your practice may be entirely different. 
So think about that. What are your business goals? Because this is something you need to go back and remind yourself. This is a business strategy. What is a wellness plan in your practice going to help you do? Key points from today's lecture. You're going to take it to the team. You're going to set goals. You're not going to make participation mandatory. We're going to do everything you can do to make sure that it is accessible to everyone in your practice. You're going to make it a culture shift, which we're going to come back to. And you are going to set the example. And setting the example doesn't mean that you need to go on a diet, you need to start couch to 5K, you need to start yoga, you need to do any of those things. All you have to do is say, man, I really struggle with going to bed on time. It makes it hard to get up in the morning. Here's a change that I'm making. Or does anyone else struggle with that? What changes have you made that help you with that? <coughs> this is the big one for your culture shift. Yeah. At every change meeting that you have, at every policy discussion, every time you're gonna make a decision, if you ask the question, how does this impact the health, wellness, and safety of our team? You will culturally shift your practice towards wellness. How does this impact the health, wellness, and safety of our team? And this is a really big question because you need to know what makes your team feel unsafe. And you may not know. It may be something where you guys do chemo and the technician isn't necessarily very involved, but it makes them really uncomfortable because they don't know enough about chemo and so they're scared. And they just need a little bit of training. Or they're really uncomfortable because the doctor doesn't wear any protective gear when they do chemo and they'd really like that doctor to put on their PPE. It could be that they feel like the PPE isn't appropriate. It can be any number of things. But if we're not asking people how they feel, we're not gonna get the answers. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to give us feedback or you have any questions for Dr. Andy Rourke or Stephanie, I would love it if you would reach out to us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. We love to hear from you and we love your questions. Keep them coming in so we can keep this podcast coming out to you with great resources and great answers to your questions. If you loved this content, uh, if you love the podcast, we'd love to see you in our community. You can go to www.unchartedvet.com and join. Once you're a community member, you get access to incredible resources. They're as diverse as book club. We have monthly discussion groups that happen on a regular basis. We have a practice owners group and they meet on a monthly basis to talk about practice owner things, not a practice owner. So I'm going to have to leave it at that practice owner things. You might know more about that. We've also got weekly watch parties and discussion groups around those, uh, those particular lectures. We have a CE vault with archived content from our previous conferences. That, uh, that's where we pull our watch parties from. 
So we'd love it if you would jump on in the community. We've got a ton of people who are there to support you. Uh, They are like-minded veterinary professionals, and we cannot wait to meet you. So come on, let's get on board.